0: BLOB TALK RADIO Podcast to the Clown Hour uh, of the Clown Times. Um, by the way, it's chilly as hell tonight. I hope it's, it's safe and nice wherever you guys are. But anyway, check out the website www.theclowntimes.net and you can find me on Facebook as well. So wherever your smartphone, laptop, desktop, just go to the search window, and type in the Clown Times again. There's clowns for the You and find me there as well. Um, you can also get some merch on CafePress.com backslash the Clown Times. You can find me there as well. Uh, we got This is going to be a college football special, being that we had a big game over this past weekend that took place in my beloved Atlanta Coast Conference, one being Clemson versus Notre Dame. We're going to talk about that and talk a little bit about the upcoming ACC men's and women's basketball season. See if. Well, hopefully COVID won't job like it did on a regular season throughout much. Not just now in college football, but the, the sports world as a whole. So the only way to help me break all that down is my old pals, my old ACC pals. You guys know them from um, the uh, sports blog, All Sports Discussion. It's a fabulous ACC sports blog if you're into all things ACC. Uh, my old friend's Jeff Fan. And Matthew, aka Hokie Smashes are back in the house. Gentlemen, it's been a long time. How have you been?
1: Great. How you doing? I'm hey,
0: glad doing all to right, be on. Matt. Hey Jeff, it's been hey guys, it's been a long while. It's only a long time it's been too long as far as I'm concerned, but hey, nothing gets us back together more so than great A C C play, where there's football basketball, or hell, this year, maybe even soccer. I mean, we all, you know, the ACC is the best uh, conference when it comes to soccer. It's getting really, it's getting better than baseball. So, hey, and it's the best in field hockey as well. I can't forget that. And lacrosse. So we got going on as much of the Olympic sports. So um, hopefully that uh, we can keep it going in football and retain our throwing us the best college basketball conference in the land as well. So I'm pretty excited to talk to you guys, and um, including this big ass game over this, this past weekend, Clemson and Notre Dame. We all know that Notre Dame beat Clemson in an epic two overtime battle in South Bend. And even though it was a great win for Notre Dame, few people tend to forget that Clemson was without its starter quarterback Trevor Lawrence in the COVID-19 protocol, and uh, we're about its top defensive linemen. so they were down in the trench in the defensive trenches. That's where Notre Dame dominated. So, even though again, I'm not proof for Notre Dame's win, I'm just putting it in perspective, okay? But it was a great win, nonetheless. It was a great win, win for Notre Dame, potentially a great win for the ACC because how it saves out is, is that if, say, like both teams would have went out right, um, basically if and if Clemson were to beat Notre Dame in the rematch of the ACC title game, which I think they will at full strength, it's a remote possibility that the ACC could have both Clemson and Notre Dame in the college football playoff. But now, whether the SEC or the Big Ten would allow that, that's another discussion for the time. But, Jeff, I'm going to bounce it back to you. This win by Notre Dame doesn't make them the team to beat in the ACC, or should it be that should it be asterisk given that Clemson was without its starting quarterback and with its top defensive lineman due to COVID?
2: I, I think what it does it, it it pulls Notre Dame even even with with Clemson. I think most you know, like you said, Sky, we recognize that, that Clemson was kind of banged up going into that into that game. Uh, you know, they were down a lot of defensive players in that in that back seven they suffered injuries during the game and and as well as you know D- DJ uh Uanga Lele played uh you know the, he he still was the backup to you know Trevor Lawrence he played well. and you know yeah he played very very he played very very well in that game um but you could still maybe say you know there's a couple plays here and there an overthrow there that in such a close game that Trevor Lawrence would have made um Sure. You know, he he definitely, you know, was not the reason at all in any way Clemson lost that game. He was fantastic. Um and you got to give credits to Notre Dame in in that game uh you know, they shut down Clemson's run game. Travis Etienne had one of the worst games I've ever seen him have as a Clemson Tiger. And you know, that that right. offensive line was was pretty was pretty healthy. You can't look at that and say, "Oh, the next time will be different because they they shut down Etienne." Um They were in the backfield all night, uh, yeah, 28 yards uh, rushing, had a turnover uh, in that game, and, uh, you know, they couldn't move the ball at all on the ground. And, you know, at the moment, you had to say, you know, what's going to be different about that, you know, in the next game? And they rushed for a couple hundred yards in that game. Uh, But like you said, if Clemson is healthy, um, you know, it could have been a different result, but – what, what you had to look at Notre Dame and, and not say, you know, for sure it's it's an absolute foregone conclusion that Clemson wins the next time is, is that, you know, that kind of win still gives Notre Dame a ton of confidence. Ian Book played extremely well in that game. You know, he'd been looked on most of his career, you know, not being able to win um, a big game, you know, maybe being a little bit more of a game manager. And, you know, he still had to lead – Notre Dame down on a 90-yard, 90-some-odd-yard um, drive and,
1: you know, scored two touchdowns
2: yeah. in the overtime to win that, that game. So that's a huge boost for his confidence. So, you know, at the moment, you know, Clemson's got to catch Notre Dame. Um, but I, I'm not sure I can't quite say that Notre Dame is the team to beat, but I expect them to meet again. And, um, you know, where earlier I would have probably said that – uh you know, I would have felt extremely confident about Clemson beating Notre Dame in the ACC championship. You know, now they, they they did some things for sure. Notre Dame in that game that Clemson's gonna have to sort out. They were much cleaner, you know, not penalized as often, didn't turn it over as much, stopped the running game. So, you know, if Clemson goes into that game, even at full strength, a little bit off a turnover here and there, you know, they can lose to Notre Dame again, that's for sure.
0: Okay, Smash, what are your thoughts, brother?
1: Jeff covered a lot of it. I mean, I I I actually think Clemson will win that next game because it's hard for me to believe that Travis Etienne will have twenty eight yards rushing in another game this year. You know, I mean, I you know, I ca- I caught half of that game right because I was doing I was studying for a course that night and I caught the second half of that game and then the overtimes and stuff and. It appears to me, and Jeff can probably comment on this better than me, but I didn't think the run blocking was really all that great for Clemson. They don't have a majorly powerful line as opposed to what I've seen in prior years with Clemson. Like I actually think that my Hokies might actually have – Jeff, am I, am I am I going over the top by saying my Hokies might actually have a better offensive line than Clemson? I don't know if that's – too out of the ordinary, but or or they at least might be even. But I didn't think that that Clemson's blocking was that great. Now part of that, of course, is due to the def- you know the defensive pressure that Notre Dame got on. I mean, got on Clemson. I'll give them credit for that. But I'm used to seeing a better offensive line than I've seen in the past from Clemson. So I I think I certainly think that's part of it. I think a lot of the yards that Travis Etienne has gotten this year and probably in some prior games has been due to his individual bit ability. I hope I'm not being overcritical here, over here, guys, but I think it's probably more a product of that than necessarily an overpowering strength from the offensive line that Clemson's had. However, you know, I've been banging on Clemson here a little bit and being highly critical. I do think that they'll try and make some adjustments on that because Tony Elliott's, pretty good. Tony Elliott's pretty good, pretty good coach. He'll find ways to make right. some adjustments up there up front <clears throat> to make sure that the running game is moving again, and I do think I do think that they will beat Notre Dame in the in the final in the final game. And I think there and as you guys said, I think there's a very good prospect that there could be two ACC teams going into the playoffs. I think it should, for what it's worth, from my part, commentary because I don't think you should be able to get into the college football playoff with the prior schedule nerds, who I think you should be ranked higher than other teams that have played a significant amount of uh, more games than you have. And so anyway, that's my rant. I'm sorry. Go, <laughs> go ahead. That's a rant for, that's a podcast for another time. I feel on that. That's, yeah. We, 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 we have the rest
0: of the season to, to, to talk about that, but uh and we'll talk about your Hokies like momentarily Hokie smash because I'm, I got some beef with y'all. But anyway, um, <laughs> let's just go, go back to this game right quick. I'm not going to try to pronounce this case, I think, so. I'm going to butcher so I'm going to call him DJ. DJ had 439 yards passing, two touchdown runs, including a run, uh, touchdown passes, run, including a touchdown running overtime. He played well. Uh, I, you know, Clemson, also the fact that Clemson also turned it over three times. They put the ball in harm's way more so than Notre Dame did. I think that was a factor in the game as well. But keep in mind, even with the backup quarterback, even with a true freshman playing, and the big stage like this, albeit with a minimum fanfare because of COVID, he led him on a drive that allowed Clemson to take a seven-point lead. You know, with three minutes thirty-three seconds left in the ball game. So this kid, and, and and you know, it's a embarrassment riches that Clemson has. But anyway, this kid put them in position put Clemson in position to win the ball game. It's just a Notre Dame No no Notre Dame just 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 play well. They play out of their minds. Gave credit to them. They they drove ninety one yards to tie it with twenty two seconds left. Bowed in the first overtime to put it on the second overtime.
1: Um
0: I I I just say this. Having no I can't believe about to say this out loud, but Fuck okay, here I go. Having Notre Dame in the ACC for football has been very exciting for the conference. You, you see all you, – you notice that besides Notre Dame-Clemson, maybe it's a trickle-down fit. Miami's playing really well. North Carolina's playing very well. Um, so that's legit for top 25 caliber teams. When was the last time you said about the ACC, uh, uh, I thought from the year that Clemson beat um, – Alabama and uh, what's his name's uh, Deshaun Watkins, I want to say, junior year, do, do, uh, during his junior year, um, that was the that was probably the best I seen as the ACC football ever. But this rivals this year because you have good teams, and even the whole East, Wake Forest, Boston College is balling. Um, you know, which is good to see Boston College balling balling again. It's so much. Uh, to, uh, tradition at that program. But this is this is great for the ACC because again, aside from the Clifton-Miami matchup, you had several intriguing games throughout the season with Virginia Tech moves at Carolina, but you, you, you had so many good games, juicy games that the ACC hasn't seen in a while, Jeff, and I think that's you know, too bad that Notre Dame will probably like both back to independence after this season, but it's good while lesser right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that Clemson Notre Dame game was was the highest-rated college football game of the entire season so far. It was the um, the biggest, uh, most watched Notre Dame game on NBC in, in nearly thirty years. So, right. Um, I, I think. You know, having Notre Dame in the, in the conference uh, this year, I don't I don't think any conference, you know, in this in this bizarre chaotic year, you know, has had a better season uh, when you look at it than, than the ACC. I mean, we saw what happened to the to the Big Twelve. I mean, they were basically done after week two. You know, losing all the Sun Belt teams. The uh, yeah, um, you know the. The Pac-12 doesn't, uh, you know, the Pac-12 is only playing like six games or seven games, and you know nobody's paying attention to them. The big, uh, the Big Ten, you know, with Penn State starting at 0 and 3, Michigan, you know, in free fall again. You know, that's that that conference is Ohio State and and not and that's it. And then you look at the. Look at the SEC. They had quite a number of teams already taking a loss early in the season. You know, Georgia's a disappointment. LSU's a disappointment. Um, you know, Florida's pretty good, and then Alabama, you know, is is who they uh, usually are. And and then you have the the ACC with Notre Dame, Clemson. Like you said, Miami being very good. Uh, Notre Dame. I mean, not sorry. North Carolina uh, is on the fringe of the top twenty-five, and then you know other teams like Wake Forest. You know, exceeding expectations. Been a couple teams that that have that have been down, but you know, I think if you're Notre Dame, you know, you have to look at how this benefited you as well. You know, you play that independent schedule, and you just played in in the game that had more people watch your program in any than in like I said in 30 years. Um, you know, you're not getting that when you when you're playing you know, the service academies, or you're playing, you know, other teams in the Midwest. You got that when you played in the ACC against, you know, the premier program right now in college football. And, you know, also they, they need to look at, had they lost that game, would they be out of the playoff chase? If they were an independent, they would for sure be out. They they had no chance to make the playoffs because a, a Notre Dame team that loses a game, it's not getting into the playoffs. But had they lost to Clemson, they could still play their way back in. Uh, you know, because to get back to the ACC championship, they could still play their way back into um, into the playoffs. So for me, it, it's kind of hard. to I, I know they really love their independence. I mean, but the obsession that they have with it—it's it, almost to the detriment of their their football program. But you know, that that's Notre Dame um, football and how they want to manage their program. But I mean, for the ACC, having it's—it's it's been really. Good. I mean, it's not often when you when you turn on ESPN and and it's fifteen minutes about two programs that are in the ACC. Um, I think they've gotten tons of coverage because of Notre Dame being in the in the conference. And Clemson, other teams are doing well. Um, you know, bizarre year, but it's been good for the ACC football wise. Yeah, I I agree. And here's another idea.
0: Well, actually, I, I'll share that later. I'm gonna get to my man, Hope you Smash, right, uh, uh, right quick. I'm, I'm. That Virginia Tech Liberty game burns me. It really burns me. I'm sure it burns you. Wow,
1: that's oh my right. god! Don't get me started.
0: I, I, <laughs> dude, I, I, okay, okay. First of all, Liberty. Okay, any any time, and not lonely cheer for the underdog, but any, any school led by a Farwell, I have problems with. So. By that alone, I just don't have any love for Liberty. It's because of the forward connection. Of
2: course,
0: Falwell, I say, but anyway, the point being, they Liberty is really actually a very good squad. Uh, that I mean, they know you guys dominate Liberty. You guys play Liberty almost every year, uh, being that you both of you guys are off Virginia uh, schools. Um, but they—they're—they're they're good. They, their quarterback is really nice. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Malik Willis. Um, he he yeah. played very well. Um, three touchdown passes. I'm not going to take anything away from that young man. And rushing the ball as well. He ran for over 100 yards. Good gracious, he, he was just out of sight. Um, but how the hell do you call yourself icing the kicker who's kicking a 51 yard field goal? Why would Justin Fuente do that?
1: Why would he do that?
0: You Why know would what? He it's do more that? than. Never mind.
1: It's more that. It's more than just that, though, man. I mean, if you look at Justin Puente, right, he's 17 and 18 against FBS teams since November 2017. I'm, like, quoting from my blog post on Jeff's site here, right? Our friend Brent Blevins Mm -hmm. pointed that out to us. He's been on our podcast before at allsportsdiscussion.com. The last recruiting class was number 76, and this year's is 41. So, Clearly, the talent has gone down extensively, right? But this isn't anything. This isn't anything new here to suggest that that this this was an abhorrent pattern of how Virginia Tech is playing over the last uh, last several years because consistency in every aspect of the program. Is just not on the par that you would need to have. I know I'm being critical here. Would is not being a, is not on the par of being um, of being something that you'd want in the ACC. Like our friend uh, Tim Thomas of um, Tech Lunchpail, he, he he listed off a whole bunch of disasters, guys. And as, I'm reading from his blog post. If you're not following him, you should. It's at Tim Thomas TLP, right? And he says that, you know, you want me to go on? I can go on and on.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, but we can stop here. We can you, stop you, here you unless you want to hear you. more.
0: <laughs> You're venting. What'd you I say? don't mind the venting, but I get your point. <laughs> I get it. No <laughs> one's blowing a horn <laughs> in the background.
1: Yeah, I know. Unfortunately it's i I've been a lot here I've been a lot here in the in a, a lot here in the back in the condo, I'm sorry. So anyway, that's what you're gonna hear for a few minutes. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> here you go. I, yeah. I hey, can't do much about but, that, but anyway, you're stuck in real no, time okay. in the big that's
0: city. Right. Yeah, you you see the city are out there. Um, you're, in the why, We're in the,
1: you're in the city, man. <laughs> uh, but how, how this,
0: what, what, is this? Is this what is to be expected from from Fuente after that promise? His first two years, um, you took the he you took your squad to the ACC title game in Orlando. Uh, then from it's been I don't want to say downhill, but as far as expectations go, it's been tough sledding ever since. So is this is this going to be? And, and Jeff, you can chime in on this after uh, well, actually. Jeff, I'll let you take this. I I, I don't want Hulk smash to, like get having more pain and anguish. <laughs> <But this laughs> I
1: can give you a quick answer much... too. I'll be I can give you a quick oh, answer. Ahead. Ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I I I think that and Jeff can Jeff can certainly mm-hmm. chime in afterwards. But when Jeff when Jerry Kill was there as a oh it looks looks like the horn went off. So you're getting real time action here in the city. It's off out here. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, you guys remember when Jerry Kill was with the program, you know, the former University of Minnesota coach? That's when Virginia Tech started winning last year as soon as they hired him because there is some criticism that the offense was very predictable, like that you knew exactly what Brad Cornelson was going to call. And when he came in, he may have had a come-to-Jesus moment with the offensive coordinator and with the coach saying, what are you guys doing? You got to mix it up a little bit. Well, I think that that's missing in Virginia Tech's offense this year. Now, not to say that I'm not happy with seeing, you know, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert as somebody who may be a one thousand yard rusher, but it seemed to me that if you stopped the run, that there weren't too many options after after that, to, it, other than an occasional pass to Trey, to, to uh, b- big play Trey, right, or to. Uh, or to James Mitchell, the tight end. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. You probably have more ta- another take here. But that's kind of my take. Cause I could probably go on for this for hours, and I'm going to stop.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the the end of that Liberty game was was a, was an absolute um, debacle of a of a finish, and, that, and that's the kind of thing that you know, it just went. Crazy on 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 Twitter with Virginia Tech fans, just they've had enough of it, and you know no one could speak on that better than than, than Matthew. But you know, kind of looking at it from the outside in, I mean, he looked like a can't miss hire when when he came from Memphis, and then he you know comes out of the gate with a 10 win, you know, top 20 season. Um, even the next right. season after that, you know, he he still won. You know, nine games, another top 25, but then the last three years have been just largely a, a disappointment, and and this season, you know, it it looked like it, and everyone, I get um, I don't know if it's really uh, fair to to say, you know, you know, in a year like this, you know, everyone is is dealing with with injuries and and dealing with, you know the uh, pandemic games yeah. having to be, you know you know games having to be rescheduled and outbreaks you know from the pandemic on their team so it's it's very difficult to build right. any any continuity but m- my feeling is you know by the end of the year because everybody has to deal with it you know from week to week you might have an absolutely just you know out of nowhere result but by the end of the season your record's going to be who you are and um you know it would have been the same even in a normal year, you know, right now he's 4 and 3 and he does not have an easy easy finish to this to this no, season. I mean, Miami's, come,
0: Miami's coming Miami's
2: up. coming to town. Yep, Miami's coming in and, and you saw the way Derrick King played against NC State. He was he was spectacular in that game and and Miami's going to get some players back for that one too. Um you play at kind of a you know, feisty Pittsburgh team who, who's been a huge disappointment themselves that we can get into Pat Narduzzi. And, and, you know, I think the fans that that's going to be two fan bases that are probably about had it with their coaches, but you know, <laughs> then you're getting Clemson and you know, you, you lose to Virginia a second time in the Commonwealth cup. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any coach uh, that's going to be let go in, in 2020 in the ACC, just because of all the financial, um, you know, financially strapped schools because of, the pandemic, but man, he he he'll go into 2021 if he loses that Virginia game with his seat absolutely on fire, in my opinion. Yeah, I, it's it's
0: just it's just it's too bad because Virginia Tech has a great program with lots of history. You know, uh, 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 you know the, the Frank Beamer shadow. I know that he still casts a big shadow, but the thing is, man. That's a bad loss to Liberty. I know Liberty's good. Yep. I know they're undefeated. That they're somehow ranked in the top twenty-five, but to lose a game like that, when <laughs> frankly, focus Smash, even with even with the block, the kick that wasn't returned for a touchdown, that would have bailed you guys out. It would have given you a game that you wouldn't didn't deserve to win, right? So. I mean, couple coupled that with the Wake Forest loss, and again, we know that Wake Forest typically plays well anyway, plays above his play grade, but still, they should have won that, that game. And, you know, of course, Carolina is just on the road this year. I mean, there's no shame losing to North Carolina on the road. But I don't think, man, if Fuente doesn't get this shit together. I think it's going to be – I mean, I think next year is going to be a swan song if he doesn't get it together. Next so, year,
2: yeah,
1: I agree with I agree, with, you. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I think I do. I think I, that's I, your I, do. I can't. Here. I can't see any. I can't see any other way around that because he's just been. He's been proven. He's been proven to be too inconsistent, to you know, to to. to comp- I mean, to compete in the ACC. I mean, I I guess I hate being. I hate you know, and I'll tell you. And Jeff will tell you this too, you know, I'm. I'm very patient, you know. I'm not one of those people who gets out there and hammers on his team, if that makes sense. Sure. Scott, and right. I'm and I'm not, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll close this football. Well, not close it out, but we'll, we'll 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 talk about one more thing before I get to my fun point on, on ACC football for this season and for the subsequent seasons. My ideas of it. How about the shit show that's Florida State losing the pit is one thing. Pitts actually very. is very talented. They're well coached, but to lose forty-one to seventeen at home, forty-one to seventeen to Pitt at home. That's I, especially when they were up fourteen to three. Davy and Flores. They was up fourteen to three early. I, I don't know, man. And it looked like they they quit mid the end on um, on that coaching staff. So. I mean, for those of the we people out there who, 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 who banged on um, Willie Taggart, and I'm not saying Willie Taggart is not blameless in all this in terms of, like, his last two seasons, but this new coaching staff, the way this team has really quit on, on this coaching staff this season goes to show you it's, it's, it's not Willie Taggart's fault. It is not. You can't blame Willie Taggart for this one. Um and it's getting worse. I mean, the stud Marvin, what's I forget his last name, the stud defensive tackle, he's out for the rest of the season.
2: And I think Marvin another Wilson.
0: another kid Marvin Jones, we are Marvin Wilson. Yeah, another kid got suspended for the rest of the season. That's deep, deep disciplinary and leadership problems. That's a that's a look. The looks of a toxic locker room. And you know what, guys? I think back to. Whenever after George Floyd was murdered, like uh, like remember when a lot of like coaches at these big pe- uh, big uh, power five com- com- uh, pro- com- power five programs had to come to Jesus had to come to Jesus moments if you will with the black and white athletes over that and how Florida State's new coach I-, I forget his name for some reason but said when he lied and said that he spoke to the team about that and the team called him out and he had to fix that lie. That's what I knew. From that point, I don't know if you guys remember that, but that's early summer. That's when I knew that he's lost the team. I knew he lost the team at that point. I didn't know it'd be this bad, but I knew he lost the team to this point. So, Jeff, what's your
2: thoughts on, on on like what the hell's going on with Florida State? Yeah, they they got a mess down there. I mean, an absolute. Um, mess. I mean, I don't know if you saw it today. Uh, you know, Justin Blackman's leaving the program. Uh the star yeah. wide receiver uh Tamar and Terry is was dismissed. I mean he that's a future NFL uh at wide receiver. Uh you mentioned Wilson, right. the problems they had in the off season. Uh you know, they opened the they they, they were eleven point favorite to open a season against, you know, a a bad Georgia tech team. Got thumped that game, and it's yeah. just been downhill ever since. I I, I look at their season, uh, you know, you don't really count the game against uh, I think Jacksonville State against ACC competition. They played one competent half of football the entire season. That first half against North Carolina, which uh, you know, in retrospect, I think it had a lot more to do with North Carolina like sleepwalking into that game, you know, in the in the you first half because they dominated. Yeah, and they dominated the second half of that game and a drop pass on the final play of the game because all that kept, you know, North Carolina from winning that game. You know, or else we'd probably be calling Florida State, the you know, the worst team in the in, in the conference. I mean, they're absolutely one of the worst, but I, th- I think Syracuse kind of holds that. that um, you know, it, it's hard to say what's going on down there if, if it's just a lot of, you know, uh, bad seeds in the program or if Norvell lost them or you I know he's awesome. just not. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Or, I think he, I think that that's playing a large role or maybe he never really had him. Um, you know, maybe it's kind of like a Mike Leach thing that's going on at a Mississippi state where he's just, you know, there's just an absolute disconnect between him and the players and he's just going to have to revamp the whole lineup, but whatever it is, you know, he's there now he's responsible. They're not getting better. They're getting worse. Um, yeah the the team um it's clearly the team morale uh is really low i mean in and Florida States gonna have to look they may not win another game the rest of the season and and that rebuilding job it, it's gonna be an absolute monster you know if those players don't buy into norville in the in the spring and in the off season um and he looked like a good hire, and I think you know it's you can't judge a coach on just one year, but he is not off to a good start at all. No, no. You know, Even it may be it maybe that those,
1: it may that, it may that those uh Memphis coaches just aren't fit for ACC
2: football.
0: <laughs> Could be. Well that that's Sorry. sorry what happened with Miami? Way back <laughs> when, when when Miami bought in that, that coach from Temple, um you know, uh that was in over his head. Uh and this where with his ugly head there, but I'm sorry to cut you off but yeah, I, I think that Norvell I was tearing the hire when the hire was made, you know, to Memphis to, to, to big heights. And then, you know, the way that I think he stayed with Memphis, even though he was hired to coach Florida State, um, uh, during this bowl game, sugar bowl game against Penn State. So, uh, you know, for them to stay around, I think he stuck around to coach them, even though he knew he was on his way out. But he, it just hadn't gone well at all. My, I mean, really terribly did better in this first year. Even though they went they went bowl eligible, um, but they were, they finished five and seven. And I think it started with Jimbo Fisher, not recruiting heavily on the offensive line, and missing on a couple of quarterbacks. I think it started there. I think the atmosphere started starting to him because remember Jimbo won it out. He won it out many times before. You know he 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 left eventually left for Texas A and M. He's doing a damn good job down there, by the way. But you know the seeds were planted there. I mean, again, no offensive line. You can't block for your quarterback and your running backs. They, I don't care who how good they are, they're, they're going to get killed back there. But it went from Willie Taggart to this guy Mike Norvell, and it's getting worse. And look at their schedule, guys. They got, they play at my NC state Wolfpack. That's a loss. Um, they they host Clemson. That's going to be a bloodletting. Well, no, I, no, I'm sorry. They play host to Clemson, but it's still going to be a bloodletting. Then they host Virginia and they close the closing season at Duke. They can easily lose the rest of their games. At least the teams that play, at least the, like Virginia and Duke, at least they play hard. At least they're, they're not quitting. What the coaches, would were the coaches allowed there to be quitting? You know, as under demand man that they, they are this season. But Opie okay, Smash, Matthew, I. how do you think this gets better? Do you, would this be this is probably a two- to three-year job, like two- to three-year rebuild. And then if that were Florida State, you hate to see him get another contract, but do you think November will get to stick around if it gets even worse next year? What are your, uh, what are your thoughts, man? Cookie Smash still there? Matthew? You there, buddy? Matthew? Uh, maybe these, maybe these, off. sorry,
1: I was on mute. Sorry. I was accidentally on mute. Uh, maybe okay. they, my answer is probably the same way it was before in that uh, uh, the, uh, maybe these Memphis type coaches just aren't fit for ACC football. I'm being a, a little bit of a smart ass, right? Because my coach is from Memphis too. So anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> no,
0: don't worry. You were probably on fire. Then you realize, God damn it. I'm a mute. Uh, like we always, it always comes when you make the most salient points, right? You're heavy hitting on points, also. You realize, man, no one's hearing what the hell I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is gonna be a huge rebuild, guys. Like I said, this is gonna be like three. This is gonna be at least a two-year rebuild because they have to get his players in there to buy in. Because the current group of guys aren't buying in. And that's a shame because, well, they're so damn talented, they're two defense better than most teams starting lineups. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they're better than the teams we'll be playing this weekend at A.C. State, you know, and Wick Forest and Duke and Virginia. But, yet they're worse than those teams. So, I, I don't know. I just don't know. So, much. yeah, so much honest about. Um, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just I just don't I don't see Florida State getting better anytime soon, and that's too bad. Um, but one last thing, guys, and I want I, this is an idea that I saw the great David Teal write about, formerly of the uh, uh, like like a like a, like a former formerly at the Ronald Times, now with Richmond dot com, um, covering ACC some college sports. Um, he mentioned something on Twitter last I think I want to say late last month. Regarding like like given that that um the, like the way the conference is set up, as far as games are set up, being that there's no divisions and they plays straight up schedules because the conference schedules except for one game, right? So, Gio suggests, and this is really a lot of common sense coming out here, guys, that the ACC, given be given that the excitement around the ACC and the football games this year, albeit again minus. Huge crowds due to COVID, you got to see teams play each other regionally more, right? Is this the first time you have Interstate playing Duke, um, uh, Wake Forest, and North Carolina the same season in a long time, right? As well as, I think, yeah, and also like Virginia Tech and Virginia, right? The first time in several years that that happened. That shouldn't be the case, right? This should happen most years, not every year, okay? Clemson playing uh, Georgia. Well, of course they play Georgia Tech every year, but still, and playing play, they'll, they'll be playing York like a, a Virginia Tech later on this season. They should play each other every year. Virginia Tech and Clemson should play every year. Clemson and Virginia should play every year, right? And even though we didn't get the textile bowl, Clemson versus uh, AC State this year, this season, still. You know, the fact is that a lot of these teams should play each other more and more often, right? Boston College, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Syracuse, you know. This it, it should, it should happen more and more every year. Even Notre Dame playing Pitt, you know, that, that's an that's a old rivalry series, right, from the 70s and 80s. So, yep, uh, and Georgia Tech as well. Notre Dame used to play Georgia Tech yearly in the 70s. My point being is that David Till suggested something that I thought was gold. And I don't think John Swaffer and his successor, whoever the successor will be, will take him up on this. This plan, David Joe's plan, is each team have like three, I think three or four rivals, right? You play every year, okay? And then you rotate the rest of the teams, you know, to the point where it comes down that each team will see each other no less than Every three years Maybe every two, every three years Right And I think that's genius And again, no divisions Which I'm usually in favor of Because you get to the case where Sometimes one division Is more top every than the other Top everything than the other And it happens, right But at least you get a true, close to a true ground rock In this format Again, I don't know if the ACC All front office is going to do that I don't know if they're gonna be stubborn and say, "Well, this is the way we've been doing this. And this is a one-off. But I, I think, I think, I think, um, Jeff, I think David Till hit on something, and I think it's genius. But as as always, there's always, man, the same goes. Sometimes, if something makes the most sense, that's what is it's not done about it. Yeah, I mean, I
2: think it's a it's a really good idea. I think, uh, you know, we had the 10 conference game this year. Uh, that's not, that's not something that I, um, that I need to personally see in, in future years. I I like the idea, um, you know, of of having the flexibility to schedule out of, out of conference, but you know, for sure nine. Yeah, I think for sure, um, uh, nine, uh, is good for, for the fans. Now it does, and Matthew I had this conversation uh several times yep. with the current current um uh the current way they have the playoff games uh the playoff setup it it does not help you to play stronger schedules so adding exactly. more games you know adding more games uh more losable games rather than easy schedule does, does not help you and if you schedule out a conference um and you lose that game you've got to run the table the there's never been a two loss playoff team and i don't foresee that happening anytime soon so from from that perspective right. you know going to 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 8 is, makes more sense but i'm definitely um i'm definitely in favor of of dropping the permanent crossover i really don't think that anyone in the ACC would have any issue with it either the only permanent crossover that i think that the, the two programs are really, like, locked into it and, and you would have some issues. as the Florida State-Miami um, rivalry. But with with Teal's idea, you know, by having two or three uh, permanent rivals, you know, then you could still maintain that. And, and even the division list, you, you would always have, you know, that as good as possible, you know, ACC championship game where probably the winner of that game can get into the playoffs. So I think there's a lot of uh, – you know a lot of benefit for kind of you know doing away with the divisions the the way they currently have them I mean it was it was fine at the beginning um you know to split the teams right. up but it's it's clear it's not good for the conference to have you know teams that should play more often you know like the ones from North Carolina not playing each other for seven or eight years I mean you know geographically Georgia Tech and Florida State are are as, um you know that's that's for florida state georgia tech is their closest you know geographic rival and for for georgia tech only clemson is closer and then they're not going to play for you know a hand, uh, seven years and you know, they got to play this year and you know it was a good game you know not very exceptionally well played but you know it was a good game to 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 watch a closed game and you know it it was right. a lot of interest in that game between the two two fan bases so i do hope that's something that the conference looks into you know kind of dropping these divisions you know having having a school play at least every other school at least once for a, one time for a senior class I think would really enhance the uh, conference and, and create regional interest. Yeah, and, and even if – when you look at this year, if those North Carolina schools had been able to play in a normal year like this, you know, that would have been some of their best attended games of the season. Yes, by far.
0: I mean, imagine this. If you're at state, your rivals would probably be – like they say three rivals, right? So your rivals would be probably Carolina, Duke, and Wake Forest Every year Right Virginia UNC Probably Like UNC Virginia Tech And probably Shit I don't know Probably either NC State Or Duke um, You know Virginia Tech Probably Obviously Like UVA Probably Wake Forest And probably Clemson Virginia Tech uh, probably, uh, probably hell. That's hard to do. Uh, Pitt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Virginia Tech, Pitt, and maybe uh, Syracuse, right. So things like that. That would be too cool. That that would be that would be great. I mean, and then the rest of the five or so, if you're playing eight, right? Those three like rivals. Uh, but then the, the rest of the five will rotate, rotate five more each year. Like it'll be, it, it's too, it makes too much sense. And yeah, so I just think that that'll be it. And we'll we'll close out this football segment with with this pokey uh, smash. What if Notre Dame eight, before the season, of Notre Dame were to win the ACC, and just say, you know what, we're gonna go back to this this independent thing, right, and just use it as a one-off walk-off, right? Walk off the ACC like title, kind of like your younger brother when he beats you in basketball, and he abruptly retires. <laughs> this, this is like that. This 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 would be that equivalent for Notre Dame if they beat Clemson again in the ACC football championship, and then just walk off without having to, having to defend that title, just say, "Hey, we want to accomplish title." Um, but as unlucky as this, will Notre Dame do not to to, I mean, to stay with ACC football full time. How cool would it be, though? I mean, especially if the NBC sees and saw that Clemson, that Clemson game was his best game in 30 years. I think it'd be too much, it'll make too much, too many, too, like, too, many, too much sense in terms of dollars and cents for at least Notre Dame to walk away from being in the ACC full time because, again, as we could tell earlier, man, it it makes Notre Dame's eat road easy. If you, if they were to lose to Clemson during the year or, or to Carolina during the year, they could get back in it by get back to the title game and win it with one loss. Unlike when being an independent, one loss and they gotten so for the year. So, so hokey smash. What you, like uh, what do you think? Do you, give them the possibilities. Doesn't make too much sense for Notre Dame. This, again, since in terms of dollars in a sense, like potentially as well, to walk away from joining a conference for football, given how exciting this year has been for them in, in, in the conference, to go back to independence and just because they've been doing it this way for over 100 years.
1: Yeah, I actually think they will go back and be independent because that's the way they've been doing it for over several years. I'm sorry to sound like Debbie Downer here, but that that, that seems to work for them pretty well. They get a lot of publicity Mm. with that NBC contract. And I really don't see them changing that unless something happens. And Jeff has blogged about this on multiple occasions, and we've talked about it on the podcast, on our podcast on multiple occasions. If they get excluded from a playoff, that's when you can start seeing action on their part. I just want to ask Sid to just say something real quick uh you guys had that discussion on David Teal's David Teel's um David Teal's concept I wouldn't want to do anything as an ACC team that would put me at a competitive disadvantage for the college football playoff right so i, I use this example on a, on a on the i was at ESPN radio in Louisville and i used this example of Kentucky They would play three FCS teams if they could, Scott and Jeff, if they knew it would get them to be bowl eligible, Kentucky at the SEC I'm talking about. And so similarly in that vein, I don't think you're going to see any of those SEC teams try to put themselves at a competitive disadvantage by playing any number of conference games equal to others like the Pac-12 or, if the ACC, if it were to increase, they're going to do the minimum they can to make sure that they get in the college football playoff. And I don't see that the ACC should do anything different. The only thing I could see, I, I w- the only thing I would see would be if the ACC went to an increased number of ACC games, maybe they're going to get some additional tra- tra- t- TV revenue because of a better schedule, better schedule from the ACC network, one. And two, the travel costs, you know, in a bus league or less, right than going to other you know going to other places and I could see it happening for that reason if nothing else because revenues are are decreasing right I mean colleges are expenses are increasing for athletic teams in the ACC and revenues aren't really getting that much bigger and so that's those are reasons that I could see that it happening from the financial side
0: yeah I see Any thoughts on that
2: uh, Jeff um, yeah I'm I mean, like we were like we were saying be, before, you know, changing changing too much, ex- going to nine games, you know, we'll we'll put the best teams in the ACC at a competitive disadvantages versus you know the, the other conferences, specifically the 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 SEC, who you know they're known for their eight conference, um, you know, eight <laughs> conference games and four cupcakes, you know, other than right. their, maybe their traditional rivalry, and I think this year has proved more than ever that the SEC is going to go back to eight games in an absolute heart heartbeat because i think they entered the season with something like six ranked teams uh and now they're down to um you know Alabama, Texas A&M, Florida and you know and a real and a and a Georgia team that's also lost twice and came in as a as a as a playoff contender I think Auburn is now on the fringe, uh, you know, 24 or something like that. But, you know, they're, they're out of it, too. I mean, they it, it basically took them a week of conference play to, to be, um, you know, end up with, with just Alabama. And then when, when Georgia played Alabama, another one of their conference games, they were basically, um, you know, not eliminated because, you know, they always get the, um, you know, can play their way back in, which, I, you know, was fair. I understand if Georgia would have ran the table after that Alabama loss, they definitely deserved uh, to be in, but, you know, as they started playing each other, they're knocking each other off, you know, say to Alabama, and they'll go back to eight immediately. Um, you know, when talking about Notre Dame, you know, it's, it's the short, I think the, the short answer is it would absolutely benefit them to be in the ACC. It would benefit, um, you know, of course it benefits the ACC for them to join, but, you know, they're, they're, their obsession with being independent is, is a strong pull. I mean, they would even make more money in the ACC. Um, they would get more ex- – I even think they would get more exposure, you know, proven by this past game. And their ratings for their ACC games have been have been really, you know, big. I think they had 4 million uh, people watch them play Duke to open the season or 3.5 million. Right. Uh, but, you know uh, – that, that's something that Notre Dame wants. They're going to hold on to it. I, I don't expect that, you know, come next year they they won't be in the conference. Uh, I still think it's setting up for them to be in the league at some point, but we, we could still be quite a few years away from from that happening. Uh, they're they're really uh, they're really obsessed with that independence, that outdated independent model, which really serves no benefit anymore. But they want to hold on to it. Uh,
0: they want to be a national team, and
2: I get it, but
0: what a wicked day of dream. Let's close it short on this, fellas. ACC men's and women's basketball, how sweet it is. It's almost back, right? We're almost at the doorstep of it, right? The AP has picked its favorites on the men's and women's side, the, the men, B M Z Virginia, the to, to favorite to win the title, and Louisville on the women's side. I know you guys have issues with those picks, um, I have my issues with those picks Namely Virginia being that I know Virginia's good They're, they're going to bring back some dudes I get it But if you look at Carolina Carolina has the second national As far as the, the recruiting class nationally They're ranked second Followed by Duke I mean look at Carolina It's like like, like includes Caleb Love Walker Kessler, R.J. Davis Puff Johnson Corwin Walton and then you go to Duke, they have Jalen Johnson, Jeremy Roach, who's supposed to be a stud at point guard, D.J. Stewart, Mark Williams, uh, uh, Hillary Coleman. Um, you know, they're, they're in Florida State, they still have, you know, they're, they're, still, they're still going to be good as well. Um, but, uh, Jeff, who, who, who do you have winning the ACC this year? And men's, men's men's basketball first. We'll get to the women's later.
2: I, I mean, you, you're going into the to this season, and I mean, Virginia is is the safest is the safest pick. I mean, you know, they they've now established themselves. Tom Tony Bennett has established Virginia as a premier national ball, um, you know, basketball power, where year in and year out. You know, they, they don't rebuild anymore. They reloaded Virginia reloading. Like, you know, is it reloading like, you know, Duke and Kentucky with, with, you know, six McDonald's all Americans? Uh, No, but when they, when their class comes back, you know, the next year, you know, they've gotten, um, you know, juniors, they got Sam Hauser, um, you know going to be on that offense this year and and you know they there's they're the pick you're the most confident in i mean i know duke is 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 talented they got another really talented freshman group coming in and north carolina you know it's got some talented group coming in um you know but they're they're unproven especially on north carolina i mean they were so bad last year i mean they were they were terrible and you know even when cole anthony and and that was with cole anthony they still couldn't You know Turn the corner with that team So you know talented but they're freshmen So with all things Being equal I mean you still got to look at You got to look at Virginia I mean I'm okay With the pick for them being number One Um, And right now I think you could argue that They're the ACC's number one program Over Duke and North Carolina I know their Fans don't want to hear that but you know they've Been more successful the last few years (laughs) It's hard to argue against that,
0: uh, especially doing it with his style, right? That slow, methodical basketball where he suffocates you on defense. Um, so if, if, if you fall behind ten points to Virginia, it's a, it's a wrap most of the time because the style of play. Hokey smash. You have any thoughts on yep. that, brother? Like, like who, like who, like who's your favorite? I should ask. Who's your favorite on the men's side? I guess is he? are you on mute again? I guess I guess you're I am on, on mute. mute
1: I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Sorry about that. The same yeah, the same same reasons that yeah, I, yeah, this is pretty easy. It's the easiest question you've asked me tonight. it's Virginia and by by far, I mean they have they have this transfer coming in, right? There's Red Shirt Senior and Sam Hauser and they have Jay Hoff and they have a big Seven foot. I want to say it's a seven foot, two hundred forty pound center that's also coming in. I name fails me right now, but they have a huge front line, and they, that that's when you have that type of front line and athleticism in Tony Bennett's offensive and defensive setups you can limit the number of possessions and the, and he's got the shooters and he's got a point guard and you know what? It's hard for me not to pick Virginia. I think we should be acc- accustomed to not doubting Virginia anymore. And we should, we should be comfortable with, his, with saying that he's done this time and time and again. And he, and he has been winning basketball games on a too, too consistent of a basis for us not to doubt this sort of selection.
0: Yeah. It's just that I don't know. It's hard to argue against Coach K and Roy Williams. I mean, Roy Williams—he had a nightmare season last year of all the injuries, right? But a lot of those guys are coming back, sans, uh, sans the Anthony uh, kid. Um, but I, I think going to be right there. I, I think, I think Florida State can't sleep on Florida State. It's going to be one hell of a year in the SEC. I think. I think Notre Dame is going to be decent. Uh, a lot of teams are bringing a lot of their players back from last season. Louisville is always going to be in the mix. I think NC State is going to be in the mix. Um, it's going to be one fun season on the men's side. Now, the women's side, I can kind of stand them pick, pick a Louisville, uh, Jeff, but I just – I love my NC State. Well, I think NC State has – I think it's, it's, it's gonna be between them and Louisville. Maybe for us they would have something to say about it. But I, I don't think Louisville
2: I don't think Louisville's a clear cut favorite as they people make it out
0: to be. What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, I mean I I will be honest, I, I don't I don't follow the, the women's quite as much as, as the men, but you mean know, I know Louisville's got a great a great program. I mean they've probably been, you know, over the last few years Probably just behind Notre Dame, um, you know, in terms of, of of ACC women's basketball, and you know, especially with Muffin McGraw no longer there at Notre Dame, I mean, I think that kind of puts Louisville at the top. Um, but you know, the NC State has been right there as a top 15 program over the last couple of years, and you know, they're they're a very consistent, um, very consistent program, and. But I'm not sure they're quite ready to to challenge, you know, a Louisville program that's got you know a couple Final Fours in it over the last few years, and and that program. Um, but yeah, so I don't I don't really have an issue with Louisville being picked to to take the ACC women's title right now.
0: Yep, uh,
1: hope, you, hope you Smash, I have any last thoughts on that on that? Louisville for me. I have no. I have no. I, I think it's the, I think it's the right pick. I mean, I do think you make some good points about NC State. And Florida State, you know, being in the mix, but I, but I think Louisville's the right pick at this point.
0: Cool, cool. Hey guys, it's been too long. Like I said, but no, we hadn't talked. But thanks a lot for for tuning in, for for tuning in to being my guest on the show. Uh, we're gonna do this more often through the season. I promise you.
1: Thanks so much. All right, Ram, sounds God, good. And sorry about my rant.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Man, well, that's not stuff for another time. Take care guys. Take a like Those are my guys Jeff Fan. Hope you, Smash. Please check them out On the ACC, On the All Sports blog The All Sports Discussion ACC blog They got lots of good stuff Lots of um, Different contributors there It's very great It's very a, it's a, it's a, it's a great It's a great Sports blog Especially if you're In the All Things Atlanta Coast Conference Take opportunity for tuning in To the podcast With Scott Burks Please don't Please ask us off It's cold out there inside and figuring what'' during this pandemic please stay inside if you must go out please wear your mask keep your hands washed don't touch your face and as always oh six six